Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's time once again for another episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Every one of our listeners in the United States of America, I welcome you. From the bottom of my heart, I welcome you. And to all of our listeners in other countries, I'm honored to have you aboard with us. Just welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic in Southern Virginia and Northeastern North Carolina. We're coming to you from WGPL 1350 on your AM dial, WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other segment of broadcast in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes or on Spotify. Search on iTunes or Spotify, Bishop C.D. Hodges, and you'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Uh, Tonight, uh, this segment, I want to continue the question and answer segment that we started on last week. I had a really good time dealing with some of the questions, Um, and I want to continue that because we didn't get through them all, and I don't even believe that we'll get through them all on this segment, but uh, I think it's worth doing. And we dealt with several questions uh, that were on some folks' minds. Some were related to the pandemic and the various ways that this pandemic is stressing our families and stressing our marriages. And that's really not surprising. It's all been so new to us, things that we haven't faced before. Uh, The changes, the stresses are real. And so we had to deal with a couple of those questions. And last week we dealt with how to manage a reduction to family income. Uh, and that's been effective uh, in so many of our families. There's been a loss of jobs, reduction in income, etc., etc. We dealt with repeated arguments over seemingly small things. We dealt with, uh, uh, last but not least, the increased times that parents are spending with their children. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's real at the same time. You need a plan for the increased time that you're dealing with your children. It's not as simple as it sounds. Your minds are so different. Your hearts are so different. Your, your, your stations in life are so different. Your levels of maturity are so different. If you're going to increase your time significantly that you're spending with your children, you need a plan for that. So we dealt with that question on last week and it was good you know and and you know you think about it they're your children but the effort that's required for parents to stay on top of it and and to appropriately love and to appropriately parent their children listen your children deserve the highest love you brought them here they deserve the highest love but the energy and the the maintenance that's required for that. These high maintenance children, curious and children whose brains and minds are still forming. Uh, the energy required to parent them, You, when that energy is pulled out of you, it can be absolutely draining. 
So I want to encourage you today, please don't feel like you're less of a parent because you're feeling worn down. Please don't feel like you're not being a good mom, you're not being a good dad because it's weighing on your level of toleration for your children. Don't feel that way. It's a natural occurrence. But the way that you protect yourself is to make sure that you take care of yourself. And take care of yourself in one way. One way to do that is to enjoy other adult relationships. Get away without your kids. Enjoy other adults. You don't want to talk kiddie language all day long. You don't want to talk on a kiddie level all day long. You don't even want to talk on a teenage level all day long. Get with other adults. People who know where you are, who understand where you are, who understand where you're going, who can witness or, or identify with you in your station in life. Get with those folks. Get away from the kids. Get away without the kids. And you, listen, you can either do what's necessary to take care of yourself and extend your life and be good for those who need you, or you can allow these pressures to wear you down and finally overtake you and be worn down to a frazzle and be no good for those who need you for those who you're responsible for take care of. And Lord only knows what that's going to look like when you arrive at that point. All right? So, Marriage and Family Clinic, along with other programs and forums, we exist to provide an outlet for you to have a forum to voice your concerns and questions. I want you to be able to get guidance and advice. That's why we're here. That's why Marriage and Family Clinic is here. That's why other forums exist. You need to get rid of that excess energy that's building up in you as a result of the pandemic, for example. And during this time, during this pandemic, uh, uh, it's stressing a lot of us in unexpected ways. And as we've said before, a lot of us are learning how close we are not we are learning how close we are not. My goodness, my wife and I have been working from home since last March now. So we spend all day in the same room. We spend all day sitting across the table from each other. Sometimes we talk, sometimes we don't. But thank God we're not getting on each other's nerves. Thank God we're managing well. But for some folks, that could be a stressor that, that uh, they don't have the tools to deal with. For some folks, that could be a stressor that could get the best of them. But I thank God that Marriage and Family Clinic is here and other forums are here to help you uh, navigate through these difficult times and these unexpected stressors. Um, and so as you learn how close you are not, Make sure that you have an outlet. Make sure that you have an outlet, all right? All right, so again, this is a second part uh, uh, of questions and answers, and let's get right into it now. So the first question says, my husband likes to help people. It may be family or friends, but he truly believes that we're blessed to be a blessing. I don't mind it, but I feel like he should pull back some. How much is enough? When do you say enough is enough? You know, this is an excellent question also. Anytime you take the time to address a question to a radio program, television program, or whatever, it's something that you've put some thought into, and it's something that means a lot to you. 
And so I can tell by the person asking this question, it means a lot to them. And it's, it, it, it just, it's weighing on their hearts. But it's an excellent question. And, you know, I, I can't hardly imagine a couple who have the means to help people but just doesn't want to help anybody. I can't imagine that. That's just too different. I know they exist, but uh, I don't want to imagine that. So I'm going to interpret this as this person doesn't mind helping, but just wants to know where to draw the line. As they say, when do you say enough is enough? Just want to draw the line. And remember now, remember, money, troubles, and woes, money is one of the biggest helpers to divorce. Uh, money is not the primary cause, it's the way that we feel and the way we are attached to money, but money certainly helps the cause of divorce. And believe me, divorce doesn't need any more help. So this is a solid question and deserves some attention. You know, it's going to be important to step back and retrace your steps. By that I mean in an ideal situation, a husband and wife would have worked out a financial plan that includes some sort of agreement on how they're going to give to charity, how they're going to help individuals, how much is going to be allotted to this. You know, in an ideal situation, that plan would have been worked out already. But how many of us live in an ideal situation? And if you haven't been that detailed, then you must have a relationship that allows you to talk about this matter in a caring and meaningful way. You must have a relationship where both of you feel safe enough, feel secure enough that you can bring this matter to the other and talk about it again in a caring and meaningful way. Now, listen, I want to say to you that before you bring it up to your husband, be sure that you take the time to try and walk in his shoes because this is going to play an important part of of trying to come up with a win-win situation for both of you. I know that's what you want. You want a win-win situation. So if you want a win-win situation, and this is not only for this type of problem, but this is for most problems. If you're going to come up with a win-win situation, you're going to have to try and walk in the other person's shoes. And don't let it turn into a me-against-him thing. And certainly don't let it turn into a me against his family thing. If, it's, if you feel like he's giving too much money to his family, please don't let it become a me against his family type of thing. You cannot win there. Nobody wins there. So you're going to have to try and walk in his shoes. Where is he coming from? And you said that your husband believes that you are blessed to be a blessing. So if you're telling me that your husband's giving is rooted in his theology, if you're telling me that your husband's giving is rooted in his faith in Jesus Christ, if that's what you're telling me, then I want to give you my strongest encouragement to find your way to be on your husband's side and support him. It does not minimize what you're seeing and what you're feeling. And what you're feeling may be true. There may be some truth to it. There may be a time to pull back. But I want to encourage you to be on your husband's side. 
because if we were at church and I were in the pulpit right now, I would tell you, as a matter of fact, I'll just tell you anyhow, like we used to sing when I was growing up, you can't beat God giving no matter how you try. The more you give, the more he gives to you. So just keep on giving because it's really true. You can't beat God giving. And I want you to believe that. That when you are giving from your heart, God sees, God knows, and God is going to return it to you. So don't you dare let it become a me against him type of thing. And don't let it become me against his family type of thing. Now, I hate assuming, but, but try and give your husband the benefit of the doubt. That he's not just being all willy-nilly with the finances. You have to take into consideration how he was raised, again, his faith, how he was raised to think about family, how he was raised to think about charity. I don't know if you know it or not, but there's a verse of scripture that always gets to me. The word of the Lord says that if we see our brothers and sisters in need and don't help them in their time of need when we have the means to help them, then we don't know the love of God. We don't know God. Now, of course, that does not mean give all of your money away. That does not mean you do not give wisely. But we should be giving before we not give. And you've got to think, you've got to take into consideration now, your husband may be convinced and may be persuaded by verses of scripture like this. He may be convinced and persuaded by the way that he was raised in his family. And some people believe that you drop everything and come to the aid of family members no matter what. If this is the case, it's going to take a miraculous move of God to break him from that type of thinking. If this is your husband, walk very carefully. A moment ago, I said, try and walk in his shoes. Walk very carefully. Try and walk in his shoes because this empathetic approach, this empathetic approach will go a long way to helping you two come up with a solution that works for the marriage and not just for one of you. My goodness. Again, this is, you can take this approach, you can apply this strategy to any number of issues that come up in a marriage. Now, after all is said and done, you're going to need to talk to him. You're going to have to talk to him at some point. So all this work that you've done before talking to him is going to be very helpful. And you should express an appreciation when you do come to talk to him, when it's time to talk to him. Listen, you express an appreciation for what he's dealing with and how he feels. Express that appreciation. And then you need to describe in non-accusatory non-judgmental language, how the situation is affecting you, how you're feeling, and what you're going through. And then be able to offer him multiple options of how it can work because you've thought it through. You're not just throwing this up at the spur of a moment. You're not just emotionally irate. You're not just emotionally charged and throwing something up in his face. You have considered this matter for some time. If you're a praying woman, you've been praying. And you've gotten yourself in the right place to bring it to him. 
And now you're ready to talk to him. Offer him those multiple options. And then seal the deal by letting him know that you're in his corner. The last worry he has is to be worried about you. You are in his corner. All right? And be aware. Be aware. You're going to be dealing with how your husband feels about money more than you are the money itself. It's, it's not the money. It, 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 you've got to get through to how your husband feels about money. His relationship to money. The issue is more existential, existential than it is just the money, the temporary money. It's his attachment to it, how he sees money working. You're going to be dealing with how your husband sees himself. And it's hard to say when someone goes overboard giving to someone else. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But there are a couple of things that have to be considered in all of this. First thing to consider is, is the person meeting his responsibilities like he should be? Is the person meeting his responsibilities? God doesn't expect us to miss paying our bills because we call ourselves helping other people. We have to take care of our responsibilities. That's why God blessed us with income. Are they taking money from another responsibility or priority to give? So are they taking rent money, mortgage money, food money, uh, lunch money from the kids' school, etc., etc.? Are they taking money from other responsibilities in order to give to people? All right. Another question is, another question is, are they making the person more dependent upon them by helping them? I like to say that we need to give wise help when we're helping. Give wise help. A lot of times we think we're helping a situation if we just throw money at it. But so often, we don't help the situation by continuing to throw money at it. If you pay a, li a person's light bill for four months in a row, they have adjusted their budget. They have adjusted their needs. They have adjusted the way that they meet their needs based on you giving to them. Now, when you stop, it's going to be extremely difficult. So we've got to be wise enough to give wise help when we call ourselves helping people. These things, these things and this whole matter... It must be discussed between the two of you. Both of you have to sit down and talk about what's going on here. And as always, as always, don't be afraid to bring in a third party. Don't be afraid to bring in a third party. And you know, it actually sounds like a really good time for a counselor. Bring in that third party. A lot of us need to listen to this because if you've been blessed to become a person of means, then sooner or later, you will become the family member that other family members run to in a crisis. Sooner or later, somebody's going to find you out. And so if you're a person of means and you haven't come to that place, or if you're going to become a person of means, look forward to coming to that place. Go ahead and fix your strategy now. Go ahead and, and, and fix your strategy now. 
All right. I hope that helps some. I hope that helps some. All right. On to the next question here. On to the next question. Uh, this person says, I'm in a relationship with a man and he's mentioned marriage. The thing is, he has three kids that I know of. And there are at least two different mothers. Neither one of us are 30 yet, but I want my marriage to last. Should I marry him? Well, first of all, you never ask anybody whom you should and should not marry. You're giving other people too much power over you. And nobody can take responsibility for that. Nobody's going to be there to help you when things get rocky. Nobody can be married for you. And that's a decision you're going to have to make on your own. So I won't tell you that you should or should not marry this man. That's not my place. And I don't have enough information based on what you've given me here. What I will do is try and offer you some additional information to help you sort through your feelings and guide your thoughts. This gentleman could be a really nice guy. But you describe a situation in which he brings a whole lot of baggage to the relationship. And, and I don't mean that baggage is automatically bad. Baggage is not automatically negative. But baggage in this case means that there's a whole lot to deal with and sort through. One important thing you should realize is that marrying him or having any serious relationship with him will most likely mean some kind of relationship with his baby mamas. And you said he had multiple children by multiple mothers. That's a lot of relationship establishing going on there. So it means some kind of relationship with his baby mamas. Another thing I see here is that you're dealing with a guy who really needs to sort out his emotional needs. Here's a guy who's not even 30 years old and he has three children by at least two women and not married now. That reeks of some type of emotional need that's not being met. What is it about women and relationships that he is obviously not figuring out? Hopefully it's just his youth. You say neither one of you are 30 yet. Hopefully it's just his youth and, and he's going to grow out of it. We can grow out of young ways. Woo, I thank God for that. My God. Or he may have already grown out of it. I don't know. But hopefully it's just as you. But then again, there could be some unconscious things going on that deserve attention. And I don't think I'm reading too much into this either. I don't think I'm reading too much into this. Because so often we find out after we marry that this is not the person we thought we were marrying. Even in the best of situations, we wake up in the morning to brand new issues and brand new things and situations that we're going to have to deal with. And so all the additional emotional baggage doesn't help the situation. It's not impossible. It just doesn't help. But in this particular case, maybe some counseling would serve him well. And that could help him sort out his feelings, get in touch with his needs, determine what's motivating him. And if he did decide to go to counseling, it's probably going to be a good idea for you to give him some space in the relationship so that he can go to counseling and gain all that he can, get all the benefit possible from the counseling without trying to manage the relationship with you at the same time. All right. 
Now, you, you, you didn't say how old the children are either. And you didn't say whether or not the children live with him. Because all of this plays a factor into it. If you're talking about young children, you're most likely talking about a marriage situation where you would have to share your top place on his priority list. Hmm. The younger the children, the more you're going to have to share your marriage time with them. And going, you have to expect this going in. You can't get in there. If he already has children and the younger they are, you can't get in there and say, hey, honey, you're not giving me enough time. You got to be careful how you walk that line. You got to be careful. This is just real talk right here. The younger they are, the more time they're going to require. It's just real. The younger his children are, the more time and resources he's going to have to invest in managing the relationship with his baby mamas to co-parent the children. And there will be time that's not going to building your relationship and shaping your new family. You can't just walk in there and become the mother. They have mothers. But yet and still, they're going to live under your roof. And you're going to have responsibilities. And you're going to be entitled to their respect. This is real talk. This is just real talk. How much do you know about his children? Oh, I wish I had time to open this up. I wish I had time to open this up some more. But how much do you know about his children? How emotionally stable are they? Do they have any behavioral problems? Do they have special needs? What kind of character do they have? And why would I ask such a thing? Because if you're marrying him, if you marry him, all of their issues become your issues. When you say I do, you're saying I do to all of their issues. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying you're describing a situation in which it's going to require all deliberate consideration. Again, he may be a decent guy, but you're going to have to make sure you get the right balance between your head and your heart. Your heart is going to tell you, go for it. Love conquers all. Your heart is going to tell you, oh, he makes me feel so good. When we're alone, I feel so good. But remember, the younger those children are, the less time you're going to have alone. Your heart is going to tell you, go for it, love conquers all. And that may be true. But your head is going to have to tell you, you better count up the cost and see whether or not you actually have the love that is required to conquer all. You're going to have to get a good balance between your head and your heart. Neither can lead the way. You, you, you've got to get a good balance here. You're going to have to get a good balance. You have to look at his heart. You have to look at his heart. But you cannot afford not to look at his ways. Because his ways are a good indicator of his heart. Oh, that is solid. You have to look at his heart. But you cannot ignore his ways. Because his ways are a good indicator of what's going on in his heart. Listen, every marriage requires faith. Because none of us can tell the future. None of us are perfect. All of us are broken in one way or another. 
It's a risk. And that's why we need to be as prepared as possible prior to going into a marriage. Even if God sent this guy your way, there are so many red flags that need to be dealt with in this situation that you described. It would be negligent for you to go ahead and marry him without getting help to sort these matters out. It would be negligent. It would be careless of you. It would be irresponsible of you to go in 100% heart and no head and not try and work these matters out. You all, if you do decide to marry, you need some serious premarital counseling. One question you better ask yourself is this, is he marriable right now? Is he marriable right now? Maybe if he did get that counseling a few months, a year, maybe he would be more marriable. Well, and look in the mirror. Are you even marriable right now? What about you? What about your issues and your baggage that you're bringing to the relationship? If you decide to marry him or even stay in a serious relationship with him, just know that you have a significant amount of issues to deal with. And a relationship with him could mean that a great deal of your time is going to be consumed with tending to the many issues that both of you bring to the relationship. A great deal of your time is going to be consumed with dealing with the issues rather than working to build your life together. It's not impossible but it will be a significant task. Man, I wish I had more time to deal with this, but I'm all out of time. I've got to get out of here right now. Listen, I certainly appreciate you joining us on this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Hey, if I'm doing any good, if you enjoyed this, if you got anything out of this, let me know. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com or send me an inbox message on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Let me know if you, we're doing you any good. Uh, uh, let me know if you have other questions. Always contact me. Listen, got to get out of here, but I just want to say God bless you. And remember, you cannot have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. We're out.